People's Congress in China. Does that count? It does count. Okay. They actually are elected, <laughs> but not directly by the people. It's elected by a lower body, so it's a tier system, and they also vote on legislation. So it's different. It's not the same as a democracy like we have That's here in Taiwan. That's a trick question. I do want to show you <laughs> another look at that same body. Let's have a look at this. So that's what it looks like Whoa. if you plot them out on with dots. On they a have chart different there. parties as well. They do have people um, from different groups that participate. All those little red dots. That's the Communist Party of China. So of course they have a majority uh, in that legislative body. Uh, but it's interesting to see that, right? Mm -hmm. Three thousand seats as wow. compared to one hundred thirteen here in Taiwan. And that's today's Taiwan by number. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? For several decades now, Taiwan and its Southeast Asian neighbors have grown closer. For several weeks now, we've been exploring how, with a look at Taiwan's growing Southeast Asian communities. So far, we've looked at three of the biggest the Indonesian, Vietnamese, and Filipino communities. And this week, we round out our look at Southeast Asians in Taiwan with an episode on Taiwan's Thai people. This is the fourth largest of Taiwan's Southeast Asian communities, but unlike the other groups we've looked at, it's shrinking. To find out why, I've spoken to RTI Thai service host Tao Yunsheng, himself a Thai immigrant. Mr. Tao says that around 60,000 Thai people now call Taiwan home. This isn't a number to sneeze at, but it was much bigger around a decade or so ago. About 15 years ago, he says, the Thai community hit its peak, reaching around 150,000. What's behind this rapid decline? The big reasons, Mr. Tao says, stem from changes both back in Thailand and here in Taiwan. Firstly, he says, Thailand's birth rate has fallen, just like Taiwan's has. Meanwhile, the country has become wealthier. This means that Thailand now has the same demand for cheap labor that Taiwan does. As a result, Thailand itself has become a magnet for workers from nearby countries. Then there's the higher education level that Thai people have, and the higher salaries that they've come to expect. The result is that while Taiwanese employers sometimes prefer Thai workers, there are few to be found these days. The other big change, though, is in the types of workers that Taiwan needs. Mr. Tao says that around 30 years ago, when Taiwan first opened to temporary foreign workers, construction workers were in high demand. From subway lines to highways, there were many infrastructure projects being built, and workers from Thailand were the ones building many of them. In many cases, close to 100% of construction crews might be Thai. Taiwanese foremen have become so fond of Thai workers that they still try to recruit them, even workers that are going on 60 years old. It's telling that to this day, construction sites in Taiwan will invariably have safety instructions and no entry signs written in Thai as well as Chinese and English. But the fact is that Taiwan's building boom has largely ended, and the kinds of projects Thai workers once worked on have largely dried up. 
Thai workers still come to do things like factory jobs, but Taiwan's big need now is caretakers for senior citizens, a profession that Indonesians dominate. Mr. Tao believes that other Southeast Asian communities will also shrink in the future, as their home countries also grow wealthy and better salaries back home beckon. There's also one more thing we should note. Taiwan has competition in the neighborhood. Nearby countries like Japan offer guest workers much more than Taiwan can. And unlike Taiwan, these countries also hold out the possibility of permanent residency for guest workers. In Taiwan, they can only stay for so many years. Mr. Tao says that the biggest group of Thai workers who come to Taiwan originate from the northeast part of the country, a relatively poor region called Isan. He estimates that around 70% of the remaining Thai workers here come from this region. This is followed by workers who come from the north of Thailand. Generally, he says, central Thais are few, and he has yet to meet even a single southern Thai here. He explains that this regional gap stems from the fact that places like South Thailand offer a wider variety of jobs, jobs that may convince people to stay home. It's not all workers, though. He says anywhere between 8,000 and 10,000 Thais have come to Taiwan because of marriage to a Taiwanese person. A handful of them have even given up Thai nationality in order to naturalize as Taiwanese citizens. Mr. Tao says that plenty of Thai workers find romance in Taiwan, and not necessarily with the people you'd expect. He says that Thailand's representative office here in Taiwan sometimes gets calls from Thai citizens asking paperwork questions about partners from other Southeast Asian countries they've met while working here. For example, Thai-Indonesian couples that met in Taiwan aren't as rare as you might think. Mr. Tao is ethnic Chinese, but he was born and raised in Thailand. He had a fairly typical Thai upbringing, being educated in Thai and even doing a stint in a Thai Buddhist monastery, as many young Thai people do. Unlike in Taiwan, he explains, where monkhood or nunhood is a lifelong commitment, Thailand expects many of its young people to enter monasteries for a short time, maybe a few months or years. He says that there, they learn how to be a good person, and failing that, they at least get free education and food. Mr. Tao says this is especially true among the poor. His own family was poor, and so he went, looked after by monks from the age of 10 until he graduated. He even spent time as a teacher to other monks. In the end, though, he left the monastic life and married. By then, his sister was living in Taiwan and encouraged him to come too. It so happened that Mr. Tao had studied electronics, then a flourishing field in Taiwan, and so he came here to work in the field. He continued for around five or six years. That was when he heard that the predecessor of RTI was recruiting. They were looking for Thai-speaking radio hosts. He'd grown up taking radios apart and putting them back together again, and he enjoyed international radio broadcasts. It seemed like a good fit, and so he applied and was hired. That was now around 30 years ago. I asked Mr. Tao what problems Thai people have with adapting to life here. Food presents a major problem, he says. Thai people just don't think it has enough flavor. Another problem is expectations about noise. He says that Thai people tend to speak softly, 
And Thai workers are often taken aback by the way Taiwanese foremen shout to be heard over the din of a factory floor or construction site. In addition, there are some big cultural no-nos that Taiwanese bosses might not know about, especially the Thai taboo against touching someone else's head. In Taiwan, a good-natured tussling of the hair may show closeness or affection, but Mr. Tao says this is deeply insulting to a Thai person. He says that because of difficulties like these, two types of programs were staples during his early days in broadcasting. Those helping workers tackle the Chinese language and those teaching them about these cultural differences. These types of programs still air. But Mr. Tao says these days, changing audiences have brought a change in programming. In recent years, a large part of RTI's Thai audience consists of Thai workers who have gone home but have kept tuning in. They, in turn, get their families hooked. Since most listeners are no longer here working, they're not so much concerned with practical matters like Taiwanese labor laws, issues the programs once covered. Now they're just curious about Taiwan in general, and they write in on Facebook and messaging apps with all kinds of questions. In recent years, Taiwan has set its sights on Southeast Asian countries as partners in trade and investment. Tourists and workers are flowing in both directions. Taiwan has even made strengthening ties with the region an official goal with its new southbound policy. I asked Mr. Tao how all this has affected ties between Taiwan and Thailand in particular. He says Taiwan's understanding of Thailand has greatly improved in recent times. The number of Taiwanese business people now based in Thailand is perhaps double the number of Thai workers in Taiwan. Thailand's soft power is making itself felt in Taiwan too, with Thai movies starting to join Thai cuisine in terms of visibility. Thailand, of course, remains one of Taiwan's favorite getaways, but Thai people are coming here too in larger numbers, thanks to a visa exemption program. So while the community of Thai people in Taiwan is smaller than it was before, links between the two sides are continuing to strengthen and grow. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Stroke of Light, a portrait of Taiwan through the eyes of painters, sculptors, filmmakers, and photographers. Hello, and welcome back to Stroke of Light. I'm Jake Chen. After a rather lengthy coverage of a very radical comic strip painting exhibition, let's get back to something a bit more highbrow in the traditional sense. We are going to this time look at the work of Mr. Shi Jinhua, 
He is a highly established artist in Taiwan who has been prolific in art disciplines, including painting, sculpture, and perhaps most notably for his experimentation in performance art. I previously had an opportunity to interview him ahead of his solo exhibition in Kaohsiung City, and I was blown away by the sheer volume of his body of work and by the depths that they touch. The most notable subsection of that exhibit is one that tackles life, and more specifically, the lengths and depths of life. Sure measures the step he took, the number of hours and even days that he spends. Doing a symbolic action in order to measure life with relation to various real-world objects and units, it was an eye-opening experience to see someone tackle such a profound subject matter in a novel yet meaningful fashion. This time around, Mr. Shu has been working on a new series of work, which are currently on display at the Mindset Art Center here in Taipei City. He's still tackling the subject of life, but his approach this time is completely different. Mr. Shu has taken inspiration from some of his favorite artists and their artwork, and these happen to be some of the most established artists ever. The names include Ludwig von Beethoven, Alberto Giacometti, Edward Manet, Albert Camus, among others. So, without further ado, let's dive into Mr. Shu's latest series. Appropriately called homage to the masters. This exhibition's inspiration is from two years ago, 2017. Andrew's Shu says that the impetus of this latest series of work dates back to 2017, when he showcased two small statues made for an art exhibit. The two statues are his way of paying homage to the late great sculptor Alberto Giacometti. And the two small statues showed him a new creative direction. Each of the two was shaped with the metal material of a paint tube, and in the making process, she found a sense of parallel between the process of the paint being exhausted and the very process that life inevitably inches closer to its own end. Now, if you remember what I said earlier in the show. That sure explored the lengths of life through his artworks. This is something that he's been focusing in the last several decades. So this new discovery, in a way, allows him to further explore this subject matter. Uh, I think because I used a philosophical view. She tells me that he then, after the exhibition, decided to implement this new concept in the making of all his latest works. He imagines each pencil and each tube of paint as that of a human body, and he intentionally limits himself to using just that one pencil or a one tube of paint when making each drawing or painting. And in that process, not only does he create a new artwork with the lead of the pencil and the paint of the tube, he also observes the process by which the lead is depleted and the paint is used up. And at the end, he displays the process on his paper and canvas as part of his final work.
in the upcoming weeks, we will look at some of the standout pieces in Mr. Shi Jinhua's latest exhibition. We'll look at the artworks in details, and we'll examine how each piece connects to the original work that inspires it. And more importantly, we'll have Mr. Shi himself talk about how he managed to reinterpret certain artworks and extrapolate new meaning and significance from them. So please stay tuned, because I could honestly say that this was my personal favorite art exhibition in 2019. I'm Jake Chen. And I'll talk to you all about it in next week's Stroke of Light. Come together already! It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, hello! Welcome to the feast. Thanks, Ellen. Welcome to the feast. <laughs> And thanks, Andrew. Welcome to the feast. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome to our show.、Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that we are already up to January eighteenth. And not only that, the Lunar New Year holiday is just around the corner. Next Saturday is the beginning the of the year. The rat, rat is coming. Oh, everybody! The rat is coming. Do you remember the last time the year of the rat? What happened here at RTI? What happened? We had rats jumping from the light fixtures. I、Are、swear you to you,、serious? yes. I we came in here. I came in here on the day that the English service was going to record our Year of the Rat special. So that's like twelve years, years ago. ago. And I heard screaming coming from all the way down the hallway, and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened? Like, did something terrible happen?"、Uh-huh. And I saw people run out of the office, and they were like holding each other. And I was like, "Oh my god, it sounds tragic." And I discovered that there were like baby rats that were falling from the light fixtures. Oh my! I don't know what happened, but what on that day, they're like, "Our day is coming. We're gonna party like it's 1999." <laughs> so this year, I hope that our station is doing some prevention. I think they are doing some prevention already. Yeah. yeah oh, like that year they did some、okay. major prevention. Yeah. Okay. But and then I found like I. I looked under my desk and I saw little three little baby rats curled up next to a, like a electric plug. Are you serious? Just having a little nap, and I was like, "Guys, not here, not here, cannot do this here." Okay. Yeah, we got、oh, rid、man. of them. Man, all right. But、uh, hopefully, I hope they were up for adoption.、Uh, yeah, we. I'm sure we. Yes. Or they're partying next door at we, the ACC. Yeah, we found them. <laughs> <laughs> playing tennis. The American at the club. country club. <laughs> the American club. Right, or you know, having a ball at the Yuanshan. Maybe they thought Mickey Mouse was next door. He's their American cousin. All right. right. They're、yes. creating Disneyland or Disney World here. Whatever the case may be, I'm sure they found their forever home. Right, but you know, we hope.
hope that this year, when it comes to Rhett year, that, you know, maybe we could have a little bit less of the visitors. Yes, less rats, uh, more uh, Mm -hmm. nice people. But, you know, this year, the lunar year is kicking in really, really early. You know, it's like we just celebrated Christmas and Happy New Year, and then now we're coming to lunar year. Plus Thanksgiving, plus, like, election. Like, everything is happening in a two-month span of time it's it's just like a fast capsule it's too much ellen i know oh plus the puyuma new year i go down to title my kids just you know got out from their winter vacation Mm -hmm. and in two weeks (sighs) and it's like three more days they will be kicking into their lunar year vacation lucky kids man lucky kids it's like one non-stop party i know so this year, uh, the Lunar New Year falls on January 25th, mm-hmm. which, do you know how early that is? That is really early. It's, I got here in 1996. It's only been earlier than that three times mm-hmm. since 1996. Wow. But do you know what the earliest it can be is? When? Is January 21st. Okay. So it could be actually when four was days. That? The last time was 1966. My Good heavens, Alan Chu. I know. Do you know what the latest it can be is? The, the latest? latest? Yeah. Uh, February 15th? February 20th. Oh, okay. Don't ask me when the last time that one was. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. We don't want to know. We don't want to know anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, at any rate, if the, if you're surprised by it being so early this year, that's that's uh, it is true. It is very early this mm-hmm. year. Uh, what are your plans for celebrating? Of course, Chinese New Year, I always go back to San Francisco. Oh. So celebrating back home with my family. And, well, this year we had a little bit different of a winter break. We had our first ski trip. Oh, wow. Yes, we went to Hokkaido, and my kids had an amazing time. And, well, you know, all of our adults, my husband... You know, skied for the first time, too. Wow. Yeah, and he thought it was, like, very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. I've never been skiing before. Really? Yeah. So next time you should come with us. I think so. It's really amazing. Let and me know. I think it's a totally different, challenging area. Did you... <laughs> a little sore? Mm-hmm. Lots of sores. <laughs> yeah. How about hot springs? Do you do any hot springs? Uh, No, I was so tired because our ski course was actually starting, like, at 9 a.m., and we only had like one hour break uh, for lunch. Uh, and then we end about 4.30. That's when you go to the hot springs. Yeah, I want to. So we have dinner first. Uh-huh. And then, you know, some of the guys did. But mm. for me, after I took a bath, mm. I just kind of like, you know, fall asleep You're on my bed. For the night. I'm done for the night. I don't know, Ellen Chu. I think you know, I'm... I had my kids like, you know, there we, we went as a group, you know, a pack of parents bringing like <laughs> kids. So it ended up like 50 people in our group. Uh, maybe don't come and find me next time you're going. <laughs> right. So the thing was, you know, I had a group of maybe 10 kids playing in my room. Oh, no. You know, they were there. So you were in charge? I, yeah, I was in charge, but no. I didn't even notice, you know, what was going on in there. I didn't hear any voice. Asleep. I just knocked out. And when I woke up at 11.30, Uh my room was empty. Kids were all gone. (gasps) Where did they go? (laughs) They went to another room. (laughs) But but the thing was that, you know, my kids walked back around 11.40 and say, Hey, Mom, did you know that we were all gone? I'm like, no. (laughs) So if somebody came in, you know, I was in charge and grabbed them. Yeah. I don't think I even noticed. Yeah. 
Well, that's good to know, just in case. You know, we need to know that. Yeah. So next time, maybe I'm not the person to be in charge of all the kids. Yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna send this recording to all your friends. Yes. Tell yes. them that you know I am not responsible. Ellen Chu is not a responsible parent. No. <laughs> not a good babysitter. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Shall we check out what's on our menu today? Yes. Let's do it. And our first course will tell you all about the kitchen god and why people make offerings to them today. In our second course, we're going to introduce a long vegetable called Changnian Cai, or literally long year veggies, which people will be eating next weekend on Lunar New Year's Eve. So find out why it's unlucky to chop it up or eat it horizontally. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Well, third and final course, we'll be sampling that veggie right here in the studio. Mm. Oh, 成年菜. 成年菜. Okay. But first, here's a song called 找个厨房的家, uh, Searching for a House with a Kitchen. This fits in with our Kitchen God theme, right? Yes. And this is by the artist 好好先生, the good guy. Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. <laughs> 千春潮缓慢一笔一百万等到那一天能否偷情况想要找一个要出房的家 First course. Kitchen God. Okay, so this is like a few days before that we're supposed to offer to him. Uh, do offerings. Wait, when is the Kitchen God's birthday? It's today, isn't it? It's today. Okay. You have to off- make the offerings today, All Ellen right. Chu. Well, the Kitchen God is also known as the Stove God and named Zhao Jun, Zhao Jun, and Zhao Shen, and Zhang Lang mm-hmm. is so, the most important of a Chinese domestic god that protects the hearth and family. So Zhao Jun, Zhao is like the uh, the word for the old stove, right? It's mm-hmm. like an old fire pit mm-hmm. with like a wok on top of mm-hmm. it. That's called Zhao in a traditional house. Right. And in Chinese folk religion, Chinese mythology, Taoism, under different name, he is also celebrated in several other Asian religions. Oh. Mm. So maybe we should really believe there is a stove god. Yeah, I know. So it's believed that on the 23rd or 24th day of the 12th lunar month, which is today, Mm -hmm. just before the Chinese New Year, the kitchen god returns to heaven to report 
the activities of your household over the past year to the Jade Emperor. And then the Jade Emperor, who is in charge of all the heavens, he either rewards or punishes your family based on the report from the kitchen god. So, Yu Huang Da Di. But the thing is that for my kitchen, probably he will report that they do no cooking in here, okay? <laughs> they, they don't really do anything here with me. <laughs> They're like, it, it's a really nice family. However,、right. not a lot of、uh, Kept、cooking. Kept our kitchen pretty clean. <laughs> pretty clean. Well, that's well, good, right? All right.、Uh-huh. Yeah. So, what's really interesting is the story of the kitchen god. Apparently, there was once a guy called Zhang Lang. Uh, mm-hmm. Not cockroach. Right. <laughs> Zhang Lang.、Okay. And he、uh, married a virtuous woman, but later he fell in love with a younger woman, left his wife, and then the heavens. Wow, this is very dramatic. It's so dramatic. So pop. So much drama. Okay. Then the heavens punished him and turned him blind, and then his young lover abandoned him, and then he had to beg to support himself.、Mm. So then one day, when he was begging for alms, he came across the house of his former wife. But you know what? He didn't realize it was his former wife because he couldn't see her. And she took pity on him. She invited him into the house and cooked him a fabulous meal. And then he told her his story. And he was so overwhelmed with self pity that he began to weep. And so, upon hearing him apologize, then his ex wife told him to open his eyes and his vision was restored. Wow. But then, uh oh, guess what he saw? His wife. Yes. And he was so full of shame that he threw himself into the hearth, not realizing that the fire was lit. And his former wife tried to save him, but all she could manage to salvage was one of his legs. Oh. The- <laughs> Sorry, it sounds terrible. <laughs> the devoted woman then created a shrine to her former husband above the fireplace, and that began Zhao Jun's association with the stove in Chinese home. Yeah, can you imagine? Wow. What a brutal story.、I、Apparently, know. you know, like a fireplace poker,、mm-hmm. they know, they, sometimes they would call it Zhang Lang's leg. <laughs> Ooh. It's kind of dark,、mm-hmm. right? I know. Offering of food and incense are made to him on the 24th day of the 12th lunar month. Which is today. Right. Which is the day he returns to heaven to give his New Year's report to the Jade Emperor. So, this is really interesting. So, if you wanted to give a really good report on your family, what do you do? What do you offer him? Of course, you offer him some sweets.、Honey. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So, you can like put honey on the lips, on the little effigy, the paper effigy in your kitchen,、mm-hmm. uh, so that he's going to either get his lips stuck together or he's going to say sweet things.、Mm. Well, I just put like a bottle of honey there. That's a good idea.、Mm-hmm. Put the whole thing there. Right. So, firecrackers often lit as well to speed him on his way to heaven like a rocket. <laughs> If the household has a statue or a nameplate of Zhao Jun, it will be taken down and cleaned on this day for the new year. That's right. So, it's just like cleaning your stove, it's very important. Very important. If you have a little paper effigy of him, then you burn it and、oh, you replace、okay. it with a new one on New Year's Day. So, if you got all of those、oh. like New Year's Good stores、mm-hmm. or so if they have these markets that sell New Year's goods, you can buy a little paper like、um, picture of him and、oh. stick it on your、uh, stove. Okay. Yes. So that is a little look at the kitchen god.、Mm-hmm. When we come back in our second course, we're going to be、uh, talking about a very long green and tell you why people eat it, but they don't chop it up、uh, when they have their New Year's meal next Friday night. All right. Well, we'll find out. 
But first, this song, another kitchen-related song. It's called Come On In My Kitchen by Eric Clapton. All right. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. Okay, we are back now on our second course on today's feast. So, what is this special vegetable? It's actually known as mustard green. Mm-hmm. Brown mustard, Chinese mustard, Indian mustard, leaf mustard, Oriental mustard, and vegetable mustard. It is a species of mustard plant. Right. And you know, in Chinese, we call it jie cai, right? Mm-hmm. But they also have a really cool name for it called chang nian cai, which... Gua cai. Yeah, gua cai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Taiwanese. Um, they use this vegetable, not just here in um, Taiwan and China, but also in Africa, in Bangladeshi cuisine, Italian, Indian, Japanese, Nepali, Pakistani, Korean, and even in soul food for African-Americans in the U.S., um, now the seeds of the plant are used to make brown mustard, which is spicier than the yellow mustard. But if you taste the greens, they don't really taste like mustard, I don't think. Uh, yeah, but if sometimes you uh, kind of like put it uh, like like yin. Mm-hmm. So right? you pickle it. Yep. You pickle it. Yep. It has that mustardy taste. It does. Mm-hmm. So they pickle it in salt, right? Right. Um, and I actually bought some of that. We're going to be sampling it later. Ooh. But it also has a really bitter taste, but there's a cl- clever way to get around it. You just boil them, mm-hmm. and then you wash them in cold water, and it makes them less bitter. Mm-hmm. But the tradition is that when you buy this during a Chinese New Year to to serve, you cannot cut it, okay? Mm. And then you can add it to soup or uh, any kind of like meat and then also ginger. Mm-hmm. And basically, you can cook like a big dish, a pot 
with this kind of like uh, chang yan cai, mm-hmm. the mustard green. And this is to to kind of like uh, to to show that chang gong chang yan gong zuo de yi. That means that you will have your job mm-hmm. holding a job forever mm-hmm. or eternity. That you're able to work in a very long term. Mm-hmm. So you won't get fired. You won't get fired in a new year. But it also, I think, has to do with、um, long life. Long life, a long year. You don't want to cut that year short, right?、Mm-hmm. So when they say that you shouldn't、uh, chop it up, I think that's what they're referring And to. And also, your family name will be carried on generation after generation,、mm. right? And you also don't want to eat it horizontally. You don't want to eat it like, like on the long way. You want to、mm-hmm. eat it like the short way. Does that make、oh, really? sense? So you don't eat it like a like a like corn on the cob.、Mm-hmm. You don't go like from left to right on it.、Mm-hmm. You go like straight down the middle. Right. If that makes sense. No. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot in our third course, and you can try it out all the different ways. Okay, chew. All right. Now, what's interesting is the tradition came about because I think a lot of farmers, especially tenant farmers,、mm-hmm. right? So they would have they try to grow as many crops as they can on、mm. the same plot of land.、Mm-hmm. After the second rice crop、uh, is harvested in October. Then they'll plant、uh, this vegetable, the mustard greens, in their fields,、mm-hmm. and then they harvest them about two or three months later.、Mm. Uh, so they end up harvesting them before the Chinese New Year.、Mm. Then they pickle them,、mm-hmm. and then you can have them on Chinese New Year's Eve. Wonderful. Wonderful.、Mm-hmm. So I bought some pickled mustard greens at、you、the market. Did. I、okay. did, and we're going to be sampling them when、right、we return、here. in our third course. Okay. So first, a song. What do we have up next in our show, Ellen Chu? We have the song called Tian Cai, Natural Born <laughs> Veggie. So Tian Cai. If you say somebody is Tian Cai, that means you're like a gorgeous beauty. You are Tian Cai,、yeah. Ellen Chu. Yeah, thank you. Because if you say somebody is Cai, right?、Mm-hmm. That means they're a hottie. But if you're、mm-hmm. a Tian Cai, a heavenly hottie. I know. But I thought it was kind of funny because we're talking about a propitious vegetable. I know. So it's by Jay Sean. I have much more to come when the feast continues. Don't wait to let it go. So put it on the door. Put on the shadow, 'cause that's the way she like. 反正才五点钟，还有时间慢慢来。先来排兵主要的配料，地干的有的把它围绕。手边放那些按摩他的面，先把胡椒用最好。热得过冷的又别忘记，才能下过那个瘾。Tell me, tell me, tell me, how you like your dinner? 想要几分熟、oh, ？Tell me, tell me, tell me， 这种美味值得你等几分钟、oh, ？慢慢 taking my time， 慢慢享用这道甜菜，最原味的。再回味几百遍，他放了青菜，上了心，我上了瘾、哦哦。慢慢 taking my time， 慢慢享用这道甜菜。就让我闭着眼，再回味几百遍，他放了青菜，上了心，我上了瘾、哦。哦
颠覆人的味蕾，这秘方世面从没见过，可能会喷一点香水，让各位吃完亏了 ，flavor 最珍贵的啊，记得打电话。Third course. Okay, we are back now on the third course in today's feast meets west. Okay. Ellen Chu has a little bit of the Changnian Cai, the long year veggie, in front of her. Yes, and it's quite long. Yes. Okay. Remember, you can't chop it in half. All right. <laughs> so I have to eat it like the long ways, right? Actually, I would just I'd go slowly on that. I wouldn't stuff the whole thing in your mouth. No. I mean, it's、here. really long. It's about the the length of my forearm. What do you say, Ellen Chu? I say it's quite okay. Quite okay, <laughs> and it doesn't taste that much of the mustardy taste. Yes, right. It also like I I definitely soaked it in water for about twenty minutes, and then I boiled it before stir frying、mm -hmm. it, so that we got rid of all of the、uh, the saltiness. Otherwise,、mm -hmm. it's way too salty. But the ones that you you stir fry below、mm. has a more flavorous taste to it. Yeah, it's、exactly. because you added things. So it has、um, stir-fried pork. It has some、uh, chili peppers, some salt,、mm. some soy sauce, a little bit of vinegar,、um, and it has little、uh, like Chinese pickles.、Mm -hmm. um, so those things all give it a、mm -hmm. flavor together. Yeah. Wow. And so you can either use this like eat it right on top of rice. Uh huh. So it's very shaw fun, right? So it's because it's quite salty, right? So it actually makes the rice go down, right?、Um, but you can also make a soup out of it too,、mm. which I really love. I love、um, mustard green and chicken. Oh, gua cai ji, gua cai ji. That's yummy, huh? Yummy. And I、yeah, think these veggies—if you eat these veggies—they're also very good for digestion. Really? Yeah,、oh. but don't worry; it won't like cause you to guru guru right now. Okay. <laughs> guru guru guru. Guru guru. If you、LNG. hear that, then you know they're doing their work. That's right. Okay. They are doing their work. Right. So this is, you know, some simple mustard green,、mm -hmm. and of course there are some health properties.、Mm -hmm. Right. It's good for your immune system. Prevents cold. And it's good for warding off cancer. Wow, warding off. Well, you know they say preventative, but、right. I I would take this all with a grain of salt. Okay. A little grain of salt would make it taste very nice. I think. All right. So they choose it as top twenty vegetable for fighting cancer. The Japanese.、Okay? It's a Japanese cancer prevention organization.、Right. And contains more than five hundred percent of your daily vitamin K needs. It's used in blood coagulation and bone metabolism. What's that? It's good for your blood and your bones, Ellen. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that explanation. Okay. Yeah. Coagulation. Go look it up. Okay. Yes. Metabolism. I didn't know that bones have metabolism. Well, it's basically building bones. Blood coagulation is where, like, let's say you get a cut. Okay. If you Blood does、oh. not coagulate, then it will never. The, you'll never get a nice.、Um, it will stop the wound. bleeding. It'll、right? just continue、oh, bleeding.、Okay. Yeah. So it's very important to have、uh, vitamin K and five hundred percent of your daily recommendation. That's a lot. Wow, that's a lot. Would it be overdose? I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to eat enough to be an overdose. Okay. Yeah. So that's our long veggie, Ellen Chu. Can you hear that? It's nice and crunchy. crunchy. Yeah.、Mm -hmm. So we're wishing you a long. 
healthy, happy year. Right, and longevity,、mm-hmm. and also you know prosperity passed down generations and generations. That's right. All right, so we're gonna kick into our addresses. Addresses, P.O. Box one two three dash one nine nine, Taipei, Taiwan. Email at. A N D R O O at R T I dot O R G dot T W and next Saturday and New Year's Day and the New Year of the Rat. Join us for Feast Meets West New Year Special. That's right. Can you believe New Year's already, huh? Well, we had our Western New Year and this is our Chinese New Year. Yes, that's right. Right. Hope、so、there's no rats in the studio. <laughs> oh my god. So one more song to.、Uh, Bring us into the New Year's, and it's called "Lao Shu Ai Da Mi." Oh, so the rat loves the rice. Okay, right. This is a very popular song in China, right?、Mm. And it's by Wang Qiwen. Right. And many people have covered this song, and then actually it became popular in Taiwan as it, well. It was viral. Viral. I think three years ago. I think no more than that. More it was than like two thousand and four or something. Okay. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna look it up right, right now. now and see what year was that? Dun 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 dun. 2012. You think it's 2012? I think it's 2004, which is probably way too early.、Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 2014.、Uh, here we go. You ready? It's gonna be in 2004. Oh, 2004? Yep. Wow! Oh, time goes by when you're having fun. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! But I remember my kids singing that. Oh my! It went、goodness. viral, I think, later. It might have gone viral later. That was the、right. original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. From Feast News, I'm Tommy and Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. See you next week. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> 让我不断想，不敢再忘记你。我记得有一个人，永远留在我心中，哪怕只能够这样的想你。如果真的有一天，爱情理想会实现，我会加倍努。轻轻在你耳边对你说，对你说，我爱你，爱着你，就像老鼠爱大米，不管有多少风雨，我都会依然陪着你。我想你，想着你。都愿意这样爱你。我听见你的声音，有种特别的感觉。
断想，不敢再忘记你。我记得有一个人，永远留在我心中，哪怕只能够这样的想你。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me/radiotaiwanintl. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me/radiotaiwanintl for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.